Welcome aboard. Welcome back into TCM Pod. Chris Mathis, Spencer Mathis, glad to be back here with you guys as we approach the great turkey day with some NFL action we'll talk about here uh, in just a little bit because we do have some games on, on turkey day and some games, eh, one game's okay, the other two I'm not looking forward to. I think the spreads are over like eight and a half on the other two games. So anyway, without further ado, Spence, got to get right into the heat of everything because a team in the NFL that's six and four right now, third in the AFC North, the Pittsburgh Steelers have officially decided that they needed to fire their offensive coordinator, Matt Canada, which uh, was done on Tuesday. It marked the first time that they've made an in-season coaching change since 1941. Unbelievable. Here we are now. They've still got six wins, just four losses. They're in the hunt in the AFC. They're in the hunt in their division, the AFC North, and they move on from their offensive coordinator. You know, this could have happened a few weeks ago, I felt like, and then they hit the bye. They didn't fire him that week. They gave him a few more games, and now the Pittsburgh Steelers organization has decided that Matt Canada is not the answer at play calling. Give me your initial thoughts because I know that this is uh, interesting because Mike Tomlin, a great head coach, finally having some turmoil within the building, trying to figure things out. You got players talking about Kenny Pickett, the quarterback, who's not having a good year whatsoever, and now they fire the OC. Yeah, this is something that should have happened probably heading into this season. And like you said, the thing with Kenny Pickett is his statistics are not very good this season. And again, I saw I saw, I saw his stat, I think a couple of days ago, where it was Tommy DeVito, the Giants quarterback who started, I think, three or four games this season, already has more multi multiple touchdown games throwing the football than Kenny Pickett does in his entire career, which is now one and a half seasons. And that's that's not something that you want to be behind a guy named Tommy DeVito in. And you look at his stats for this year, you have Kenny Pickett, six touchdowns, four interceptions, taking care of the football, but nothing. I mean, there's really nothing to go on. Even his I don't know if that's taking care of the football. Do you think that's taking care of the football? I think only four interceptions this late to the season is all right, but the six touchdowns is just is just absolutely no creative playmaking for himself. He's not making any big plays until it's the fourth quarter on the final drive for some reason. And then you look at his rushing statistics because you think maybe he's got some saving grace as why he's still the starting quarterback for the Steelers other than their record being six and four and him being carried by the defense. He has 34 rush attempts this season. For 46 yards, it, it just there's just really no there's no reason he should still be the quarterback for them. And I think that the reason they fired Matt Canada so early on in the season, or at least for the first time ever in a season that the Steelers have ever fired their offensive coordinator, is the fact that they're going to see if this guy can produce with maybe a different guy for the rest of the season. And if he can, I think they're going to show him the door. And obviously right now the backup is what? Um, is it Mitch Trubisky still, or is it now – or is it now the uh, the guy that got bashed in the head by Miles Garrett? I can't remember it which. Should be Mitch Trubisky. Should it be maybe Mitch Trubisky. it's either Trubisky or Rudolph. And I know that they're they're calling for the head of of Kenny Pickett. Some of these fans, other fans are divided. They want Canada fired. Well, they got Canada fired. And I think over the next couple of weeks, we're truly going to see if Kenny Pickett it has anything. Because right now, it looks like Kenny Pickett. The only reason he was a first round quarterback in the first round, which is crazy to think back on, is that last year this guy was selected in the first round of the draft, and he has. Seven touchdowns and nine interceptions last year. This season, he has six touchdowns, four interceptions. He's throwing one touchdown to every interception. And last year, he had four rushing touchdowns, 200 yards total. This year, he has, I think, one rushing touchdown, one fumble. He's not looking good at all. And uh, he may have only been drafted in the first round based off of that fake slide that he did in his last season of college football, if you can remember, that got that play banned throughout all of collegiate football. So 
the thing is, they're finding out if this guy is their, is their guy moving forward. And I think that's been a thing in the NFL where they're not giving these guys very much time to see if they have anything going for them. I think you get two years now in the NFL, unless you're the first overall pick, before you kind of get shown the door and you may become a career journeyman. We've seen that a couple of times over the last couple of seasons, even dating back to Josh Rosen with the Cardinals. He was out of the door in just a, just under a year and a half. So we'll see what they want to do with, with this quarterback, Kenny Pickett, moving forward. But Matt Canada being fired may be a good thing for Steelers fans right now, but it's also the first sign that this may be the last time that you're going to see Kenny Pickett suited up as a starting quarterback for the Steelers come 2024 season because he's not having a great season. He hasn't shown very much besides on the final drives. And I'm not sure if you even want to build a franchise around this guy and waste such a great defense that the Pittsburgh Steelers have. Yeah, and you look at, obviously, his age. I mean, he's already 25 years old, just like Justin Herbert and Jalen Hurts. And it's only year two for this guy. He's going to be 26 heading into next season. The clock is ticking there for the Pittsburgh Steelers to decide if the, this is the guy, this is the future of this franchise. And with top-tier quarterbacks coming left and right, at least four or five here in this upcoming NFL draft, I feel like you kind of use this next couple of uh, weeks to determine if this guy is your future, if you do see some hope in him. And, you know, if this was his rookie year, I wouldn't put too much stock into this. However, he did this last year too. And now you look at this year and things are just adding up. The Steelers have to make a decision. They have to make a decision quickly. And I know that for a fact, Mike Tomlin will not allow mediocre football from his quarterback. This is a guy who's had Ben Roethlisberger for the majority of his career as a head coach with the Steelers. A team that year in and year out is at least 500, makes a playoff run. Yeah, they only made, what, one or two Super Bowl appearances with Big Ben. Uh, it's been a while. However, they were always in the hunt. They always were a playoff team. Mike Tom is not okay with mediocrity, and he's not going to allow anything less than good. And Ben Roethlisberger, I think he was a great quarterback. I don't think that he was one of the best. He wasn't top five, but he was a great quarterback. I would have liked him wherever he was in terms of his on-field play. I know he was a bit of chaos off the field. I don't like him for what he did off the field, not saying that. However, you know, they have to make a decision. They have some options here. But then looking at their success, yeah, they're 6-4 and four right now, the Pittsburgh Steelers. They're almost out of grasp of a top-tier quarterback as well. So at what point do you determine, hey, maybe we just turn the keys over to Trubisky and eat this loss with Kenny Pickett and say, hey, you know what, let's take a gamble on a quarterback in the top 12, top 15, maybe get a guy like Michael Penix Jr. Look, realistically, it may be another year for Kenny Pickett, another year of bad offense for Steelers fans and, and the next offensive coordinator who will be fired with Kenny Pickett if he gets another season after this year. But it doesn't really matter who your play caller is because you should still be able to make some big plays occasionally. And we see that in New York right now at the New York Jets. They've already been Zach, Zach Wilson, and I think he's having a bit of a better season than what of course, Kenny Pickett has had this year. Obviously, they're very similar in their stats, but at least you could see a little bit of, of, of hope in the in the style of play that Zach Wilson has. With Kenny Pickett, you see a couple of good plays every every well, probably once a month, and that's basically it with him. And you look at his stats, nothing jumps out at you either. So this guy doesn't have much, much to go off for himself. And next year, he may still be the quarterback for the Steelers, but if you're the Steelers uh, general manager right now and you're looking at how good that Steelers defense is, you're wasting the prime of TJ Watt. You're wasting the prime... Of, or the end of the career of Cameron Hayward by not giving him a good offense. And they've been doing this for years because think back three years ago, their quarterback was Roethlisberger and he was worse than Brady was in his last season. He was God awful in his last year and they continue to rock with him. Of course, he's a franchise legend, but Kenny Pickett, he has nothing. He has no ties to Pittsburgh as a Steelers player. 
um, heading out after out of this season. So is there really a reason for them to stick with this guy just based off the fact that he's a first-round pick, a late first-round pick at that? I don't think so. And I think if the Steelers are, are trying to be a contender next season, obviously six and four, Mike Tomlin, I guess, doesn't care about his quarterback play because if he did, I think we would already see at least a little bit of a change or some fire lit under the, the starting quarterback, Kenny Pickett. But if they really want to be a good team in the AFC North next year when Lamar Jackson's in his prime, Joe Burrow is going to be back next year in his prime. You also have the Cleveland Browns and Deshaun Watson. He'll be back and healthy for the first time. But again, he's not very good since his injury or since he was suspended, I should say, for all the bad things that he did off the field. They may want to look at one of the veteran quarterbacks that are available next season. And I'm not sure who that would be at this time. But if you can remember back to 2019, the playoffs, the Cleveland Browns beat the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I think if Baker Mayfield's not in Tampa next year, he's a starter somebody somewhere else. And I think he fix, he fits the moxie of a Mike Tomlin-led team. And he would be very good in Pittsburgh with a great defense behind him. And I think that may be something that they want to look into instead of sticking with Kenny Pickett. Obviously, Mayfield's going to cost a little bit more money, but he's also going to get you better plays. And you've seen it this year with the Bucs. He's not the reason the Bucs are trashed. He's not the reason they're four and six. They're probably a five and five, six and four team based off of Baker Mayfield's play. But the defense by Todd Bowles has just been so bad. We'll get into that later. But again, Kenny Pickett is going to have a new offensive coordinator. We're finally going to see what this guy is made of heading into week 13. That was what you said before this podcast started, which is kind of crazy. But Week 12, yeah. Week 12. Yeah, week 12. And you, you, I mean, are the Steelers a playoff team? It's going to come down to the play of Kenny Pickett, and that may decide uh, Kenny Pickett's fate in Pittsburgh. Yeah, I think that's a great point. They're looking at a potential uh, quarterback transition for Baker Mayfield this offseason. He does fit the mold of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Blue collar, he's hardworking, he's tough. Uh, you know, I'm sure he would love to hand it to the Cleveland Browns too, <laughs> twice a year. That would be something to fuel this man. This man loves uh, being doubted. He's had a really good year. I just personally don't believe that he is the face of the Buccaneers franchise because I do think that they're going to have to uh, re-decide, re-envision, redesign this team moving forward. Even if they do win the division, I'm not sure that Todd Bowles will be back. And nonetheless, I mean, Baker Mayfield, you're getting a hell of a deal, $4 million this year for Baker. That's an absolute steal. That is highway robbery, as dad would call it, you know, growing up back in the day. Uh, but with that being said, you know, when Baker gets what he feels he deserves and, you know, based on the quarterback market for his play this year, I don't think the Bucs are willing to cough that up when they have to pay Tristan Wirfs, Antoine Winfield, potentially Mike Evans, just to name a few. So there are going to be question marks at quarterback, and I think that would be interesting. I did see a few years ago that maybe Jameis Winston would be a fit there in Pittsburgh, but I like Baker as a mold even more than Jameis Winston. And I think that that would be – I mean, why would he not want to – why would he not want to try to stick it to the Cleveland Browns twice a year? So that's a great take there. I really like that, and we'll see what you guys think. Again, Spence and Chris Mathis, TCM Pod. Spence coming at you live from his new office there at Young Harris College. Uh, Assistant Sports Information Director is yeah. his official title at Young Harris College, which is really cool. I'm here at the iHeartRadio studios in Tampa talking sports with you guys, and we continue with what has been topic of conversation with the hip drop tackle and what could be potentially kicked out, banned from the NFL. There's at least talks of it, and where there's smoke, there is fire. And we saw, once again, a guy by the name of Kareem Jackson get suspended for a hit, this time on quarterback Josh Dobbs, you know, I just don't know when this guy is going to learn because you look at what he's done over the last, just this year, for instance, I've got a, a kind of a slate, a timeline of what this guy's been up to. There's Jackson, the safety lane, the hit on 
Vikings quarterback Josh Dobbs has done a phenomenal job this year. Uh, but Kareem Jackson was fined week one, $14,000 for a hit. Week two, $19,000 for a hit. Week three, $11,000 for a hit. Week six, $43,000. Then week seven got a four-game suspension. It was appealed lower to just two games. Week eight, he was suspended. Week nine, he was on a bye week. Week 10 was that second game suspension. He comes back week 11 after a two-game suspension. Three, three weeks in a row of not having a game. Week 11 tries to kill Josh Dobbs. If you guys are watching on Spotify and or YouTube, you can see that. Fo- I mean, he laid out the quarterback. He leveled him. Dobbs fumbled the football. Just the third play of the game. And now he's suspended another four games. I don't know when this guy's going to learn a lesson. You know, a lot of people are saying, hey, hip drop tackles need to be banned. I know that's not necessarily the hit here. This is just simply headhunting, laying out the quarterback, hitting high. But at the end of the day, I don't know what all it'll take for this guy to learn a lesson. I mean, that's several transactions, several fines, multiple suspensions now. I don't get him. Yeah, and you got to remember the fact that he's a 35-year-old quarterback slash safety in his career right now. He's from a different era, and obviously the league is changing at a rapid pace for these defensive backs and safeties, and you see it even in college football. These guys are having to learn the new game over the last couple of years with these ejections and everything. The NFL is a little bit lighter on ejections than college football is because the targeting penalty in college football is an automatic ejection. This hit obviously five years ago wouldn't even have been a topic of discussion. Now in the NFL, this is something that we have to look out for, and this is something that they even suspended Kareem Jackson again for four more games, which is absolutely insane. In my opinion, I think this is football. I don't think that he even hit Josh Dobbs in the head either. He hit him right below. He hit him right there on the NFL shield, and I just I understand that the NFL is going in a different direction, but to to start targeting players that are 35-year-old at the end of their career, suspending them four games, which what could be – his last four games in the NFL, I mean, at 35, I think that that's a little bit too far. We're far enough. It's not the same. It's obviously, I think the first suspension was warranted. This suspension, just because he he hits the guy on the shield, I I don't understand. And obviously, Josh Dobbs, if you saw the play, Josh Dobbs was lined up at running back. They snapped it to the tailback. They tossed it back to Josh Dobbs with three lead blockers in front of him. And he was the first one of Josh Dobbs on third down. He ended up making the stop, a fumble, no flag in the game. So how are you going to suspend a guy for four games if he doesn't even get flagged during the game? That's probably something that Kareem Jackson right now is thinking. He's probably saying, I mean, during the game, this was a fumble for our team. We took over in Viking territory. We ended up scoring a touchdown or a field goal off that. At least some points came from that for the uh, for the Denver Broncos. But again, if you're Kareem Jackson, I think you're going to get the suspension taken down a little bit. But a repeat offender now for this guy and at – 35 years old, what has he got? Maybe a year or two more left in the NFL. I think it's a little bit too far to suspend a guy <laughs> that wasn't even flagged during the game. I think that's that, stupid, obviously. he's And he's been a great player his whole career. He's drafted in 2010 by the Texans. He's always been a good player. He's played for the Broncos, played for the Texans, played for one other team that I'm forgetting. But I don't think he should be suspended for something that wasn't flagged during a game, and I don't think that should ever be the case. And seeing the full hit, he didn't hit him in the head. He may have led with his helmet a little bit, but again, from a different age, 2010 is when he was drafted. That's 13 years ago now that he's been in the league, and I don't think that this should be a suspension for Kareem Jackson, but it is. Wow. And I think if it is a suspension, one game. Four games, way too many Dude, games. Dude, that is hot, Spence. That is so hot, man. I mean, he hit him. Yeah, he did practically get him in the shield, but he hit the chin strap, and that that's, that's targeting, man. And also, on top of that, you talk, you keep bringing up his age. 
He's a player you're supposed to mold to your environment, especially when you're in a job. Like, no matter what rule changes come about, you, no matter your age, you, no matter your experience, has to mold those changes to fit your job description. And that this is what how everybody can relate to it. When you're at a job and they say, hey, here's a new rule. We haven't had this for the last three years, but if you don't do this, you're going to be fired. He's got to be able to adjust to that. So I think the age thing, yes, it is a new wave of football, a new age of football, but he's in the league, and this is a league that's that's penalizing these players, that's laying down the wood, if you will, on these hits. He's got to be able to make that adjustment. And if not, he's weaving his way out, just like we saw with the old-time safeties years ago, just like we saw with them blanking on Deshaun Golson. 49ers, huge hitter, came to Tampa Bay. He obviously didn't do so hot in Tampa, but uh, I think he went to the Texans to round out his career. But at the tail end of his career, he was getting helmet-to-helmet hits left and right and was getting in trouble because he never adjusted his game. You, you got to hit drop tackle until that becomes illegal, which if that does, the NFL is done. Football is done. It's two-hand touch for real. I have no issue with the hip drop tackle, but I do have an issue with this hit by Kareem. He came off three weeks without playing football because of a bye week, two-game suspension, comes back, third play of the game, didn't learn his lesson. As I told you earlier this week, it's like a kid touching a hot stove. You show him he's going to get burnt. The next day, he goes to touch the hot stove Hot stove again. You got to learn your lesson. This guy, I mean, after all these suspensions and all these fines, he's not learning. I guess you can't take the dog out of the guy, and that's exactly what the case is here with Jackson. I, I think that you and I are on different sides of the story here. I think that this is clearly not right for the game of football. And I mean, I hate that the football has came – I'm not in agreement with the way that football is being played today. I hate the way football is being played today. But these are the rules, and if if you can't obviously uh, oblige by these rules, you don't deserve to be in the situation you're in. Whether you're a guy from the 2010s or a guy just drafted this year, undrafted, whatever you are, you have to be able to adapt and adjust to your environment around you. Yeah, what you see is a four-game suspension for Kareem Jackson. What I see is a heat-seeking missile. A heat-seeking missile on a designed quarterback run, on a toss to the quarterback, which shouldn't be in the playbook in the first place, forcing a fumble, the Denver Broncos taken over and not one flag thrown on the field, even after the replay, even after everything. They didn't see anything. They didn't want to call anything. And again, if I think if you want to start enforcing fines or enforcing um, suspensions for plays that happen in a game, then they need to be able to review plays to call penalties afterwards because – Obviously, that's going to slow down the game, but this if, if you're not going to throw a flag on the field, how do you suspend a guy for four games? I don't care. There's so many referees watching the game. How do you not see this during the game if this is such a bad thing uh, by Kareem Jackson? When I saw turnover, Josh Jobs got 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 his bell rung, of course, and I think his parents his parents were in the stands questioning maybe, hey, he, maybe this guy should just suck to be a NASA scientist or something. No. Instead, that's yeah, it. instead, uh-huh. we see four-game suspension for Kareem Jackson, but it all worked out in the end. The Broncos ended up winning that game. Dangerous, dangerous Russell Wilson is cooking right now for Denver. They're in the playoff hunt, which is kind of crazy as well. And I think Kareem Jackson not being a part of that defense is going to hurt them, especially down the stretch. And I saw a good old 1990s, 2000s, early era football hit that was legal 20 years ago and the most fun to watch, and now we're taking away from the game with no even chance of a concussion. I mean, barely touched his chin strap. He's fine. He'll go back out there. This isn't new. This isn't like this year. Like this has been a a thing for at least two or three years now. So he should have adjusted to these hits by now. And on top of that, I do hate that it wasn't penalized in the game. But in my opinion, that's a fault to the refs on the field. The refs on the field did not do their job. 
That's what it comes down to. That's the that's the overall answer because it sounds like you would agree with me on this. If they would have thrown the flag right then and there, you would not have any issue with the suspension is what it sounds like to me. But since they didn't throw the flag end game, he doesn't deserve to be suspended. What I saw is four games is just too many games. I think that that's obviously a repeat offender. The first one was bad. This one I think was questionable. It's Josh like getting Dobbs a speeding ticket. Going, Josh Dobbs was lowering down a little bit. Kareem Jackson's a very short guy. He's diving in. He's making a big play. And the Broncos take over on defense. And I think that's going to be a highlight reel video in a highlight reel probably five years ago. Instead, now it's four game suspension week. Yep. And as you said, five years ago. So the game has changed a lot. And also, it's like getting a uh, a speeding ticket. Anybody can relate to this if you guys drive. If you're not driving, obviously, like Chetley Cox out there. I know you're not driving just yet. Your birthday, probably next year, you'll be able to drive, my man. But thanks for watching. Uh, but at the end of the day, Chetley, let's say if you were to get a speeding ticket, the first time is not going to be too crazy. You're probably going to maybe even get a warning. Second time, you're going to get in some serious trouble. And that's exact. A repeat offender, this makes sense to me. It, I mean, it just makes total sense to me. So I guess we'll agree to disagree on this. Um, I know that everybody has their own opinion, and that's why we love talking sports. That's life. Someone's going to agree with you. Someone's going to disagree. You guys can comment down below. Leave your opinion on the Kareem Jackson hit and uh, his uh, his laundry list of uh, fines this year and suspensions. But another thing we got to talk about, Spence, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at San Francisco 49ers over the weekend. They lose the game 27 to 14. Close game at halftime. Secondary was not so hot. Uh, Jamel Dean, don't know what he was doing out there. I, I don't know if you saw the play in which he got hurt. He actually got hurt two different occasions, but the second time where he was out for good, jumped for a ball way out of his trajectory, way out of the path, and he was not tracking the ball as you'd expect. He jumped too early, landed wrong, gets hurt, gives up a 76-yard touchdown to Tank Dell, or not not Tank Dell. Who, who was that that scored that touchdown? Brandon Ayuk. Brandon Ayuk. Game over. I mean, that was the play of the game, obviously. Bucks kept it close, though. I, I mean, I'm not saying I'm happy with the loss, but on the same token, if you would have told me the Bucks would have went on the road against San Francisco and kept it within 13 points, I would have thought you were crazy. So, I honestly, I'm not too upset about the loss. I would have loved to win the game, but, you know, I, I'm not mad, and that makes me feel a little bit better about winning the division if they're healthy. Now, Levante David banged up. Jamel Dean banged up. I believe Carlton Davis banged up. If they were healthy, I'm like, okay, this team could really win the South. Yeah, I mean, they had two drop touchdowns in the end zone. Baker Mayfield let him down the field. Tompkins drops a touchdown on a perfect throw. And then the next drive, Kate Otten drops a touchdown because the dude refuses to wear gloves on the football field. He thinks he's Dallas Clark, but he's not. Um, shades of, of Austin Petit. Instead, we've got Kate Otten who can't catch in the end zone. Austin Petit had sure hands. This guy drops a good amount of passes for, for what should be your number one tight end, and he is on the Buccaneers roster, but he's just not a very good tight end in terms of he's got to hold on to that football. I don't care. He was barely touched. He's got to hold on. The Bucs had a chance to win that one. But, of course, they lost to San Francisco just like everyone suspected. Like you said, I think I would have been a little bit more happy if they could have caught that one touchdown with Tompkins and made it within seven. But regardless, we all suspected that the Buccaneers were going to lose. We both picked them to lose last week. We all saw the writing on the wall. They're going to be four and six. And now a lot of Bucs fans are mad. But, again, as, as long as – I think it's the Falcons. As long as the Falcons defeat the Saints on Sunday, this Sunday, that's going to be a big game. I think the Buccaneers have a really good shot to win the division if they can beat the Indianapolis Colts, which isn't an easy team because they're playing pretty good football. They're they're in a very similar spot to the Buccaneers right now with uh, their quarterback being out and Anthony Richardson. They've got Gardner Minshew, similar quarterback to Baker Mayfield. I think Mayfield's a bit better than Gardner Minshew on the same token. But again, 
They've been playing good. I think they're five and five. The Bucs are four and six. Heading into last week, the Bucs were favored in that game. Now I think they're the underdogs by about three points. The Bucs, they've got to win Sunday. They've they basically got to get to nine wins. I don't think I don't think that's going to happen. I think eight and nine is the best possible case scenario again. But I think the Saints are a better team than eight and nine. I think they're going to finish and win this division. But again, we all suspected the Bucs to lose on Sunday. I couldn't be too upset about it. I turned off after the Tompkins drop, knowing that we were going to lose the game, and I was fine with it. I had let that sink in, and that was basically it. Buccaneers are four and six, and uh, I don't see them winning five of the last seven games, but you never know. They could do it. They could shock us, and they'd be a first-round exit in the playoffs again. I like Baker Mayfield, and if he could win a playoff game, I'd love to see him as a Buccaneers quarterback next season. But if they make the playoffs eight and nine, sneaking in barely and losing the first round back-to-back years, do I really want him to be the quarterback again? And do I want to risk having Todd Bowles as the as the head coach again? No. Yeah, no, I, I would agree. I think this sounds crazy to say it's only year two of the Todd Bowles era as head coach of the Buccaneers. But I think we might have already seen the best of Todd Bowles as a head coach with the Buccaneers, which is <laughs> best. It's sad to say because it was never really that pretty. But I think that Saints win earlier this year was the best we'll ever see a Todd Bowles-led team do. So Green one. Yeah, Bucks were three and one. They hit. <laughs> obviously, they wet the bed since then. I mean, I, I don't really have any of the comments on that regarding the Bucks because I don't have high expectations. If the Bucks make it to the playoffs, get blown out. I think you just clean house. If the Bucks don't make the playoffs, you clean house. If the Bucks make it to the playoffs, win a game. Okay, you keep Todd Bowles. I, that's my honest opinion there. So, a lot to get into here, uh, talking about Thanksgiving, and I had a debate earlier today with the guys at work and I said something along the lines of the ceiling for turkey is much higher than the ceiling for ham however the floor of ham is much higher than the floor for turkey I agree with that yeah I thought that was a good take that might be my best take of all time so yeah uh, let's get right into thanks Spence I appreciate that let's get right right into uh, week 12 of the NFL season we got some turkey day games as uh, we've got the Green Bay Packers at Detroit Lions 12.30 kickoff. This is that game where you're eating the good food with your family. You're probably munching on a couple of black olives like my dad and I tend to do. Spencer will throw some in there too, or at least maybe a green olive or two. Uh, Mama will also do the same with us on that regard. But Packers at Detroit Lions, the Lions, seven and a half point favorites. Uh, let's let's give your take here on this game. Yeah, Jordan Love last week looked really good. Ended up getting the game-winning drive for them to pick up a victory. And again, the Detroit Lions were down by 12 points at one at one point to the Chicago Bears. A lot of people are saying it's going to be a bad game. I think it's going to be a very close game. NFC North every single year, those at least two NFC North teams are in the in a Thanksgiving game. And this year, you've got the Packers, you've got the Lions. I think it's going to be less than seven and a half points in that game. But I think the Lions know how to win at this point. I don't think the Packers do with their young quarterback Jordan Love, who's not so young, but again, it's his first year starting in the league. So I'm going to take. The Detroit Lions in this game, I think they're going to squeak out a victory. I'm going to say Detroit by four points. So they're not going to end up winning by seven and a half or whatnot, whatever the uh, the cover was. But again, Detroit's going to win this game, but just not by seven and a half. I'm going to trade Detroit as well. They're going to celebrate after the game eating a turkey leg on the sidelines there. They're going to win by a field goal. I think they win by a field goal. Dallas Cowboys will host the Washington Commanders. 4.30 kickoff. So this is about the time where you're either waking up from your nap or you're about to go take your nap or you're getting seconds or thirds. Dallas Cowboy, they are a 11-point favorite against the Commanders there in Arlington. 
Yeah, the Commanders are a really weird team. It's like one week on, one week off. Last week, they were off. And it starts with their quarterback play, Sam Howell. Of course, he's been sacked so many times. It's tough for a guy like him who is getting under pressure every single play to to try and put up a, a ton of points without the turnovers. And right now, he's struggling with that. He struggled with that last week. And he's going to struggle again against that Cowboys defense. Deron Bland, the cornerback that's taken over the spot of Trayvon Diggs after the injury that happened to him in week number one, he has four interceptions returned for touchdowns this year and we're only that we're only through 11 weeks that's insane so bland's a good guy i think he's gonna he's probably gonna, he could return six again on sunday with sam howell at quarterback he's a gunslinging quarterback he's gonna make mistakes and i think against that cowboys defensive line that it, it includes micah parsons of course and then that secondary that the cowboys have built over the couple over the last couple of years i'm gonna take the cowboys in this game and i may even take them by more than 11 points i'm gonna take dallas in this one by two touchdowns I'm taking Dallas to win the game, but I'm taking Washington with the backdoor cover. I think it's closer than 11 points. The Seattle Seahawks, they'll host the 49ers. The Niners, six-and-a-half-point road favorites. No Geno Smith in this game. That's an interesting – oh, no Geno Smith. No Geno Smith is the rumor, at least. So, um, at least that's what I had heard. We'll have to – we'll officially get the uh, – it's questionable with an elbow. Also, Kenneth Walker questionable with an oblique injury. So – I don't know. I think they might play it safe because I don't think they expect to win this game. But either way, right now, Seahawks six and a half point home dogs. Yeah, I think they have to play Geno Smith. I would assume Kenneth Walker with an oblique injury. He was pulled last week, I think, in in, in the second quarter of that game. I don't think he's going to play. Smith will play. I'm going to take – I mean, Seattle's the home team. It's Thanksgiving. I don't know if they've ever even had a Thanksgiving game, at least back that I can remember. And it's, it's going to be a good matchup with the San Francisco 49ers who are riding the hot wave right now. Uh, they've won back-to-back after losing four in a row. Brock Purdy's back to his to his natural play that he had, and last week he had a perfect pass rating against the Buccaneers. This is going to be a close game. I think Seattle, if Geno Smith plays, they're going to be within three points. It could go either way for me, but I'm, of course I think I'm going to take the San Francisco 49ers in this one, but not by the seven points that is predicted by Vegas. All right, we're moving on now after I give my take there. I'm going to take the 49ers on the road to win by more than seven. Uh, continuing now, after we got through the Turkey Day games, we'll do a lightning round with Sunday's games. Let's get right into the Bucks. Bucks at Colts. Colts two and a half point favorites in this matchup on Sunday. Yeah, give me the Baker Mayfield led Bucks to give me that win to pull me back in, and then next week we somehow lose to the Carolina Panthers. So I'm going to take the Bucks in this one. Um, Bucks by by four points in this one against the Colts. I think they just got rid of um, Shaquille Leonard after he changed his name. Um, last year and signed that huge contract just two years ago. They released him today, which is kind of crazy. And uh, I don't know if that's going to affect them at all because he's been battling injuries ever since he signed that deal a couple of years ago. But I'm going to take the Buccaneers in this one. I think the defense is going to have a bounce back game just like they did against the Tennessee Titans. Hopefully Todd Bowles and then we'll have a good week of practice and he can give maybe some accountability for his uh, for his star linebacker in Devin White. And he's going to have to step up if Levante David is out. We don't know if he's going to play next week at 33 years old or 34 years old now it's going to have to there's going to have to be some accountability on this defense and there's so far none for Jamel Dean there's a little bit for Carlton Davis but he's fallen off a cliff as well and these backup secondary players are playing better than all the starters so I'm gonna take the Buccaneers in this game bounce back win pull me in lose next week to Carolina somehow I'm also going to uh take the Buccaneers and this game on Sunday to win the game. Continuing now uh, with the Jacksonville Jaguars at Houston Texans, the Texans two-point underdogs at home. 
Jacksonville Jaguars, Houston Texans. I'm gonna take I'm gonna take the Houston Texans in this one. I like CJ Stroud. I want to see him win the MVP as a rookie, and I'm gonna continue to ride the Stroud wave. I'm taking the Jags on the road to beat C.J. Stroud and the Texans. The Steelers will take on the Bengals in Cincinnati. Steelers, one-point favorites on the road. New offensive coordinator for Pittsburgh. No quarterback in Joe Burrow for the Bengals. Give me the Pittsburgh Steelers defense against whatever the Bing- whatever the Bengals offense is going to be. I love their defense, and maybe Kenny Pickett shows some shades of life back there as their uh, star signal caller. I think he will. New OC, a little bit more juice there in the locker room. Give me the Steelers on the road. Carolina Panthers take on the Tennessee Titans there in Nashville. The Titans, three-and-a-half-point favorites. Yeah, it's a gross game. I hope that the Titans win that game just to make to solidify the fact that the Panthers will tank for the rest of the season. Maybe the Buccaneers could get a, a, a win next weekend. So I'm hoping for the Titans to win that game. It's not going to be a good one. It's not going to be pretty. Vrabel may be out next year. I'm going to take the Titans in this one. I... Uh... Yeah, you got to go. I mean, if they lose this game, they're in some serious trouble. I think that Frable would really be in hot water. I'm going to go with the Titans at home. Saints at Falcons. Falcons one-point favorites at home. Falcons one. That, I mean, the Falcons-Saints, are. All, it's always a great game. Ritter's back. Rejoice in Atlanta. I think everybody's excited for that. Everybody loves it. If you look at Falcons Twitter, he's, he's probably more touted than 2016 Matt Ryan at this point. I think everybody in Atlanta – has banded together. They all love Desmond Ritter. So give me the New Orleans Saints in this game to win by over seven points because Ritter stinks. Yeah, no, he does. I'm going to go with the Saints on the road. They're going to win this game in Atlanta. And then after the Bucks win, you're going to be like, oh, the Saints won again. So you're still chasing. Yep. Patriots at Giants. Pats, three-point road favorites over the Giants. That's how bad the Giants are. <laughs> that is how bad the Giants are. The Patriots are so terrible too, but they're three-point road favorites over the Giants. That's a that's going to be a good game. I mean, the Patriots, I think, at this point, though, in the season are completely tanking. I don't think that they really want to win any more games. Bill Belichick is going to be showing the door after this year, but the Giants are coming off that win against the Commanders. DeVito, DeVito is, is showing out right now. I'm going to take the Giants in this one. I think that the Patriots are dead to rights. I don't even know if Bill Belichick wants to win. He probably has, a, probably has a deal right now with Kraft because they both know they're separating and that new documentary coming about the Patriots dynasty is coming out in March by the time Bill Belichick is canned. So give me the, the Giants in this one. All right, I'm going to take the Patriots on the road. I think they do win. They should win this game. But, hey, you know, I wouldn't be shocked if the Giants win. Browns at Broncos. Broncos two-and-a-half-point favorites. Yeah, Broncos should be favored by more. I'm going to take the Broncos. They're the home team. I like watching Russell Wilson when he's playing good, so I'm happy for him, happy for the Broncos. Upset that Kareem Jackson has been suspended four games. Um, give me the Broncos in that one by over two and a half. I'm going to take the Broncos to win as well. Rams at Cardinals. Rams half a point favorites on the road, so it's a coin toss. Yeah, give me the Cardinals in that one with Murray back. Yeah, I'm going the same way as well. And with that, of course, with Kyler Murray, got to throw this photo up, an absolute legendary photo of a legendary <laughs> uh, Call of Duty player who plays quarterback in the NFL. Buffalo Bills at Eagles. The Eagles three-point favorites over the Bills. Yeah, the Eagles coming off a loss or coming off a victory against the Kansas City Chiefs, and that somehow has put Jalen Hurts as the favorite for MVP this year, which is insane. His stats are not anything. That just shows how bad quarterback play has been this year, aside from Mahomes, who's having those drop problems for his receivers, and he's definitely not letting any of them come to his Thanksgiving dinner this season. So I'm going to take the Eagles in this one, continue to ride that wave. Yeah, I think that they might drop the turkey if he passes the plate. So he he can't have the receivers over at the house. I'm going to take the Eagles at home to win this game. Chiefs at Raiders. Chiefs, 
nine point road favorites. Yeah, I'm gonna have to take the Chiefs in this one as well. I mean, the Raiders looked okay last week. They they kind they battled pretty well against that uh that Miami Dolphins defense, but it just came down to scoring 13 points. I don't foresee them scoring any more against that Kansas City Chiefs defense who held Jalen Hurts in that offense to 21 points. With I don't remember any tush pushes. There may have been one in the first quarter that I didn't watch. But again, the Chiefs defense is very good. I'm gonna give I'm gonna take the Chiefs in that one and. I think Lou likes it if I pick the the team that they're playing. So I'm going to take the Chiefs by more than nine and a half. <laughs> there we go. All right, moving on after I set uh, after I select the Chiefs as well on the road, we'll do Ravens at Chargers. Ravens three and a half point favorites over the Chargers. Yeah, Ravens have got to be favored by more than three and a half. I don't care. It's the it's the Chargers. Staley's trash. Justin Herbert right now is a what if quarterback, and next year if he gets Bill Belichick, we're actually going to see if he is. Uh, a star quarterback in the league right now, I think he's at that fringe level with Josh Allen, who's fallen so far down this year. I'm going to take the Chargers to lose in this game to the Ravens by over three and a half. I think three and a half is way too close of a spread. I do too. I'm going to go with the Ravens on the road to win this game. Monday night football now. This could be the game of the week. Almost better than last week's Super Bowl rematch. You've got the Chicago Bears. The Bears taking on the Vikings, led by Josh Dobbs. This would be astronomical. I wish I could make it a astronautical type comment there but here we go we got the vikings three and a half point favorites at home yeah back-to-back primetime games for the minnesota vikings i think josh Dobbs is a quarterback where if you suffer that one loss um as a team i think that that may just knock you off the high horse that you're on so obviously the bears had a good game last week justin fields looked pretty decent against the detroit lions they were up by 12 at one point ended up squandering that loss. I think it's going to be another close game. I'm going to take the Vikings just because I think that, the, you know, I'm taking the Bears in this one because obviously a lot of people are thinking that the Bears are trying to tank this season, but is it a smart move for them to go away from Justin Fields so quickly with the, the head coach and the offensive coordinator that he's had in his career so far? I don't think so. Give me the Bears in this one. I think that the pastor not is going to be knocked off his horse after getting rattled by Kareem Jackson last week. Yeah, I'm going to take the Bears too, and believe it or not, I'm taking the Bears on the road. So that wraps up this edition of the podcast. We do appreciate it. We will be back next week after the holiday. Happy Thanksgiving. Enjoy your meal with the family, friends, whatnot. And if you're having to work all day, that's cool too. Make your money. We appreciate you guys. Thank you.